The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Raising the Bar with me, your host, Amy Bredo. Today, I'm super excited for our show. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest and to an amazing organization that we're going to talk about today called Feed My Starving Children. Our guest today is Valencia Breckenridge. She is um, just a sparkling light. I was just recently introduced to her uh, via email, and we connected, and I'm just very excited to speak with you today. So, Valencia, welcome. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you, Amy. I am good. I am good on this Good Friday. Yes, yes. Um, it is Good Friday when we are recording today. So everybody, I hope mm-hmm. you have a great holiday. I, I was very, I want to kind of just jump right in. You know, Feed My Starving Children is an organization that I've had the privilege to be able to work with a few times. And then the more I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, you know what? I need to do more with that. You know, uh, children and orphans and the hungry are, you know, it's a cause and a, you know, a problem that's very close to my heart. And I know that I was able to share that with you. And I've shared it a little bit with listeners. And as our show continues, you know, we will dive more into that. But I love what this organization is about. And I was just wondering, you know, I want to ask you to how you got involved, but could you give us a little bit of the history of Feed My Starving Children and how it really was born? Okay, I'd be happy to. One of the things that really uh, excites me, and there are many things, but one of the things that excites me is that we were a organization started out of compassion, and we continue in that way in that we hope to build compassion in our communities for those who are hungry. We were started by a businessman who, in his travels to second and third world countries, saw people who were literally starving and especially children, you know, the travesty of of seeing a child who literally is starving. And here in America, you know, we understand being hungry, but we don't understand starvation. And um, this gentleman came back to the United States and began to think about the bountiful goodness that we have of food and also of compassion to help others. We have the resources. If you've ever been to Feed My Starving Children, we often start out with a video that says there's enough food in the world to feed everybody. And it's about distribution for those Mm -hmm. of us who have to give to those of us who do not have. And so we are a Minnesota-based 
organization. That's where this businessman started out. And when he came back from his travels, he began to connect with some food companies and food scientists to come up with what we think is just a perfect formula that allows us to feed children around the world regardless of uh, where they are, regardless of race, religion. So we look at things like that. So consequently, our food is very basic. It's a four-ingredient meal. It has rice, and we Mm -hmm. consider that a universal grain. Every culture knows what to do with rice. Right. We also add protein, and our protein source is soy. As we think about feeding children in the remote deserts of Somalia, We need to have a protein source that has a great shelf life, that doesn't need to be refrigerated. As we feed across cultures and religions, we want to be sure that we're not breaking any rules that uh, cultures might have of being vegetarians or not eating certain types of meat. And so soy makes this perfect, perfect source of protein for us. And then it has dehydrated vegetables. I think that those sort of speak for themselves. All of you (laughs) remember your mother saying, eat your vegetables. They were right. (laughs) Right. And lastly, what sets us apart and trademarks really this meal is there are 20 vitamins and minerals, especially formulated for young malnourished bodies. And that's kind of where the food scientists come in, too. So it really is a complete package that we're able to send to children around the world. That's very interesting to me. Now, if you wouldn't mind, this gentleman that started Feed My Starving Children, what is his name? I just would like to be able to refer to him appropriately. Yes, his name is Richard Prowfit. So Richard, God bless him. Absolutely. And he Mm -hmm. has. God bless him. So when Richard found these scientists, these formulators, obviously oh. the ones that helped him develop this were clearly on board for the cause. Now, oh, yes. when, when was and Feed My are. Starving? Let me just say, some of them uh, still are with us. And okay. I neglected to say we're also about 28 years old. So that's okay. how long we've been feeding starving children. Yes. That was actually, yeah, the question I was asking you. So that's awesome. So in 28 years, uh, Mm -hmm. before we get into kind of how it works, how many people have been fed through Feed My Starving Children? Do you have an approximate number? Gosh, you know, here's here's the hard thing to um, really say that. One of the things I do want to point out that in October of 2014, we packed our billionth meal. Oh, my gosh. Right, and so every year we we look at it, and we'll we will um, come up with an estimation of how many people are fed by dividing what we packed that year by three hundred and sixty five. Thinking, well, at least we provided you know one meal a day for this these many children, and right. to have a running number, we we typically don't talk in those terms. We mm-hmm. know that we fed a lot of kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is an accurate statement right there. And that's pretty much all the facts I need. I'm sure that that maybe uh, speaks for the our listeners as well. You know, I know that in my experience with Feed My Starving Children, it was great. We got our soccer team together. Mm-hmm. We had people from church together. We went. We packed the meals. How um, is is Feed My Starving Children resourced completely by donations? Do they, is it all, um, you know, outside donors? Are there fundraising events? How are the meals paid for? So Feed My Starving Children's meals are paid for solely by our donors. They come in all categories. 
Uh, our meals are $0.22 cents each. Okay. And I love that that allows any and everybody to contribute. If, if you've got a quarter, you can buy a meal for a child. But obviously, with the numbers that we are looking to pack, and this fiscal year, we're hoping to pack 280 million meals. So you mathematicians out there can do your math and divide that by 22 cents. And you see that we need to raise a lot of money, millions of dollars, to... Um, get the raw materials, and we're excited that 92% of all donations go toward our feeding program, and that's really, really important. That's huge. And, and with that, we've earned a four-star rating from Charity Navigators for 11 years in a row. But our donors tend to be individuals, churches, foundations, corporations. I have some really fun stories of different things that people have done to raise money. And of course, the ones that move me the most are when children come up on their own with beautiful ideas of how to raise money so that they can feed more kids. They come in and pack and they bring their donations. And that's our sweet spot when people do both. I mean, we obviously we have an equal need for volunteers as we do for donations. Right. I know that there is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if I, if I have Uh my, uh, wrong, but I I know that there is a center here in Aurora, Illinois. Is that correct? Uh Is that still where the facility is? Correct. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. And I know that when, my family participated, you know, it was kind of a mobile effort on Feed My Starving Children's part. And I think that's part of what's very exciting is that you can either go to a center that's local or you guys, you know, come to us as a church or as a community center or something like that. So I think that's very interesting to share with people. What are um, your locations throughout the U.S.? I know that we've got listeners actually globally. So it's a great thing because it is a global issue so that anybody can come to you and either donate or volunteer if it's, you know, applicable to where they're located. So your website, if I have it correct, is fmsc.org. Do I have that right? Feedmystarvingchildren.org. Okay, the initials. fmsc.org for Feed My Starving Children. Is it set up to donate right online? You can. You can donate right online. Amy, I do want to answer the question of of where our locations are because obviously that's very important to us. When we set aggressive goals, we do it with the hope that people will come behind us and uh, donate their time as well as their dollars to help get these meals packed. So as I said earlier, we are in Minnesota, headquartered in Minnesota, so we have three sites. In Minnesota, we have three in Illinois. They are in Aurora, Schaumburg, and Libertyville. And we have one in my dream state, Arizona. (laughs) That's everybody's dream state right now. (laughs) Right? You also mentioned uh, mobile packs. And those have really, really been key in us getting the word out nationwide. We've done mobile packs in all but a few states and... um, Mobile packs are when a host contacts us and says, hey, we want to pack meals here, and we bring all of the resources there to allow groups that are not near our sites to pack meals. 
I have to tell you, we're really excited. This year, we started out the calendar year with our largest mobile pack uh, in Florida. We did over 5 million meals that uh, were packed in that community. We have another big mobile pack coming up. To learn about mobile packs, please go on our website. There's a mobile pack tab. It's organized by state, and you can look at your state and see when a mobile pack is coming up to pack at one of our sites, one of our permanent sites. Again, you go on our, on our uh, website to register to pack at our sites as well, fmsc.org. That is amazing to just think that getting an organization and a group of people together and to just be able to contact you, get it organized, and have you literally trailer everything out that you need is amazing. You know, in the last few moments here before our break, you know, um, there's a lot we can talk about in the next segment as well as far as, you know, how um, you guys have come upon what countries you're serving and and all that. I can't wait to hear about that. But I just really would love our listeners to consider uh, getting involved in this. Again, like you said, this is a great thing for kids, especially with the weather warming up. Kids can do lemonade stands, car washes. There's all kinds of things. And I know there's a lot of school organizations that raise funds with lemonades and car washes. But can you imagine what a great feeling that is for our children to be raising money to feed kids that are their age, to be doing something for their peers that they can actually um, have some satisfaction in knowing that as they have their full belly that night, so does a child across the world. And I I think that's such a great message to send out to our children, whether they're four or whether they're 16. I know that when I participated, my kids were a little younger, probably uh, grammar school and, and junior high age. But even at the college age that my kids are now, you know, I was telling them we were going to talk today and they were like, oh, we need to do that again. And I, and I just think it's such a great thing to get every age excited about. So I just, I think it's awesome. You know, um, in our last few moments, I'm curious, you have such a great history, you know, personally, how did you get introduced to Feed My Starving Children? And like I said, we just have a few moments before our break, but I just, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. So it's just something I think it would be great to share. Thank you, Amy. I personally was looking around for a place where I could really not only make a difference, but invite other people to do the same. And I met some employees of Feed My Starving Children at a seminar and just really uh, was enraptured, really, with what Feed My Starving Children does. And so I went on their website, and then I'm in... uh, a ladies' Bible study, and we came and volunteered there, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I want to work for this organization. (laughs) And so I just, Amy, I literally prayed that I would be able to work for Feed My Starving (laughs) Children. And so it it truly, truly is answered prayer in how I got here, and uh, it's been a great fit. It's been everything that I thought it would be that I would have opportunity to make a difference. Amy, I have always believed that I am my brother's keeper. Right. I think that we all are. And to be with an organization that allows me not only to live that out, but to invite other people who hold that same philosophy to do the same is truly exciting. You know, that 
is awesome. And, you know, before we go to break here, I just want to say that this is really what this whole show is about. I know that um, we have a many listeners and I'm so grateful to share your message. But also, I think what I was really prompted to even do this show and the reason it's called Raising the Bar is to encourage people to get up, to listen to that inner voice that's prompting them to go make an impact, a positive impact on the world. And I just, I want to thank you for praying that prayer, for really seeking out a way to serve. And and I just, I'm so glad that I can link arms with an organization like you uh, or like yours and even you personally to just really spread the word of, of doing something good for people. Um, you know, this this show is brought to you by the Echo Foundation, which also serves under-resourced children and families through adoption and orphan care. And as we go to break, I just wanted to thank you for listening. When we come back, we're going to talk to Valencia further about some great things coming up with Feed My Starving Children, and we will be back in just a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back. You are listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo and our lovely guest, Valencia Breckenridge, today. And we are talking about uh, the amazing organization that she works for, for called Feed My Starving Children. If you haven't heard of this, please go to fmsc.org and check it out. We are talking about... Uh, the global hunger crisis. And there are way too many people in this world, especially children, that are starving. And we have found a solution to feed these children. So, Valencia, I know we were speaking about different uh, sites where people can volunteer their time and pack. But I would like to just go back and touch on that. So, what would you like to share yes, more you. about that? Mm-hmm. I would love for people to know that all of our sites are open morning and evening. Some of our sites are open 12 hours a day, six days a week. And we have just an aggressive goal of packing these meals. And I wanted to talk about some of the ways that people have used our sites as uh, educational places. We, we touched a little bit on that where a lot of schools and day camps and such will come because the kids really get to learn about the problem of hunger. They get to learn that, you know, there are 63 million children under the age of five who die every year from hunger-related, uh, excuse me, who suffer every year from hunger-related issues and that at least 6,200 children die a day from hunger. And that is just a problem that we don't get a chance to really think about here in the United States. But the other fun thing that happens at our permanent packing sites is that corporations will use them as team-building exercises. So many corporations now, and I love this, they require their employees to put in so many service hours. We're a great place to do that. Our sites can hold as many as 150 to 170 people at one time. We've had organizations come in their entirety, and I love to see a sea of T-shirts representing that organization. Some have uh, set it up so that they might have their CEO come and give a little pep talk to everybody uh, at one particular site. We keep a tally of who's packed the most meals in any of our uh, two-hour packing sessions. And we have a corporation that holds the record, and they often ask me to issue out challenges for another corporation to come and break that record. I love that. Uh, that's the Libertyville site. If there's anybody out there listening to say, hey, I want to know about that record and come in and break it. Uh, that's the, awesome. Uh, so, you know, it's just a fun, fun way for organizations to do that. We've had uh, organizations come in and do competitive packs between departments. You know, the finance department will do a competitive pack against the marketing department <laughs> to see which group can pack the most meals. One fun thing that happened, we had uh, soccer teams come in, and they were fully dressed, and they were packing rivals. They were about to go and play a game, and so they had a uh, packing con- competition before the game, and we loved it. They were packing hard and fast and having fun, and the sites are a lot of fun. You know, we play music. We encourage you to come up with cheers and yell and just have a lot of fun. It's an active, energetic, fun time 
while you're making an impact and packing meals for starving children. You know, what's interesting about that is I can, you know, the, one of the first times I ever participated was with my daughter's soccer team and all the parents. The great thing mm-hmm. I like about you saying that the rival teams are doing it together before their game, it really, yeah. establ- it really establishes a different spirit um, in them before they play the game. It establishes, right. a, it establishes a bond, actually, between the two teams. And I'm just curious, and this is such a tangent, but I'm so curious well, to see what that does to the sportsmanship of those kids when they play that game because they right. just did they just did something that was so fulfilling and serving such a great purpose other than to just further themselves so I, I think that's a really interesting um, I don't want to call it a mind game <laughs> but I think it's a really <laughs> great thing to do for teams with the competitive nature of kids sports these days I, I think that's that's really great now how does somebody go about having you come to them so say they're not in Minnesota or Illinois yeah. or Arizona yeah. what do I need to do to assemble the proper size you know team of volunteers or, or what is what is like a basic goal need to be for you guys to travel so that's our mobile pack, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go on our website, and under again under our mobile pack tab, it can walk you through how you contact someone to host a mobile pack. And typically, we ask that a mobile pack start at a hundred thousand meals. And I know for some people, they are like, "What a hundred thousand meals?" Oh my goodness! Please remember, I said earlier we had a, a group do a. 5 million meal mobile pack. Right. So 100,000 meals is, is an entry level, and really, depending on um, the size of the venue that you have for us to pack in, it can be done in a day. Yeah. We had our Arizona site, they they packed a million meals in, in 24 hours as a, kind of an awareness and a fundraiser, and so these meals can be packed all kinds of ways. So, yes, um, we then have a mobile packs, a team that comes alongside the host. There's an event planner and someone to help you think through your fundraising and your recruiting of volunteers. We have a wonderful, wonderful mobile pack workbook and the mobile pack staff. You have access to them when you need them. And of course, when we do a mobile pack, we again bring all the materials, but we also bring our, um, Team leaders, our mobile pack team leaders that will uh, facilitate the actual packing. So you don't have to worry about, oh, do I have to figure out how to pack? No, we, <laughs> we help do that. So. If I recall correctly, there was like a little machine involved. And I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, I wouldn't know how to use that. So obviously somebody would have to be facilitating that well, and really, teaching that and passing out the hair nuts. <laughs> it's, it's really very basic when you say a machine. Really, it's, it's hand-packed meals. And I love that our bags say... Um, hand-packed with love by our volunteers. And I, I like to say that love is the fifth ingredient that goes oh. into the food. But the only real machinery is the sealer, and right. that's just to seal the bags closed. It is very, very basic packing. Kids five and up can join us. And we'd like to say it's also generational. If you come to a packing session, there are even sit-down jobs for people who may not be able to stand for a two-hour session due to health or or age or whatever. I love that we have a number of handicapped people who come and and work with us. They may be in a wheelchair or 
you know, some kind of way they they are not on they're not able to stand for the two hours, and there's something for everybody to do. It really is a lot of fun. It is, and it's really again. I just keep going back to the fact that these meals are only twenty two cents, and uh-huh. what an uh-huh. impact like any person um, can make. Even the person, you know, it, it reminds me of the person that has the least who gives the most sometimes. Right. And uh, yeah. my mind yeah. is just reeling, getting so excited about. Okay, how can I rally my community this summer? to pack yeah. 100,000 meals. Yeah. Like now I, I'm already like ready to make a phone call. So I'm excited about that. Let's talk about. <laughs> I hope that you do. <laughs> I'm a spaz. So, I mean, if anybody that's been listening for a while or listened to even a couple shows, I'm always kind of like, oh yeah, I can do that. Okay. I have 5,000 irons in the fire at all time, but it's just the way I'm wired. It's the way I'm made and I'm excited about it. But how, when this all came about, what was the first country really that was chosen where the meals went? Was it somewhere that, um, you know, Richard had traveled? Was it, was it somewhere that, you know, somehow somebody else came up with it? Like, how did that, you know, the meals get packed, but then how do they get delivered? How do yeah. they make it to their destination? So we partner with uh, nonprofits in country. So it's not like, you know, we pack all these meals and then we, okay, let's just go drop them off in a country. So we partner with uh, in-country NGOs who typically are uh, orphanages, okay. uh, feeding centers, schools, health centers. So I want to list out the top six countries that we supplied meals to last year, and that was uh, Haiti, over 69 million meals went to Haiti. Wow. In Nicaragua, we had 27 million plus almost 28 million. Uh, the Philippines, we had about 25 million meals. North Korea, Amy, we had almost 15 million meals go to North Korea. Liberia, 11 million. El Salvador, we had uh, about 9.5 million. But all in all, we are in about 50 countries, and we have 76 partners that wow. we work with within the country. And we deliver by the uh, container full. Okay. And so, uh, you know, unfortunately, you can't get a box or, a, or a, a pallet of food. But one way that we work through that is we ask our partners who receive a million meals or more from us that they would then tithe 10%. Right, to to another organization? To to another organization. I mean, think about it. And I've had opportunity to be in Haiti on a distribution day, and I can't tell you what a beautiful thing that is. We were working with uh, our partner, Love a Child, in Haiti, and that's where about 35% of our meals go. But um, this generous organization goes beyond that request of of, uh the 10% tithe, they tithe about 50% of their meals. And so I got a chance to see that little small orphanage that has 15 kids. They can't use a container full of food. A container is 272,000 plus meals. And they could use 10 boxes, you know, and to see Love a Child just handing out food to all of these smaller organizations was really a beautiful thing. 
I uh, am having another weird mind-blowing experience while I'm sitting listening to you speak. You know, I um, I know there's such a need in those countries, and there's need in even yeah. more countries than we could probably sit here and list in the time that we've had left or that we have left. You know, I was able to share a little bit with you about um, my heart for Ethiopia. One of my children is mm-hmm. from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I have another son mm-hmm. there who's not legally adopted because he's 30 and I'm 42 and anyhow, but <laughs> he's ours. And, you know, the Echo Foundation just recently literally got a contract signed this week to partner with another NGO in country to um, serve some orphanages. And if you've not been to Addis Ababa, and I'm sure my son would tell me I'm saying that wrong, so sorry. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, Addis is like the third world and the first world crashed into each other. It's kind of a surreal, it is a surreal experience. I've been there twice. I'm looking forward to going again. But I keep thinking how seeds have been planted in me. And now I'm planting seeds within other organizations in that country. Like, I would love to link arms with Feed My Starving Children and find some more partners that would be able to even start distributing out of a container there. You know, I believe there's yeah. 70, 75 to 80 orphanage orphanages alone in that city so it's pretty overwhelming it's pretty overwhelming and um a lot of good can be done you know and i really like to as you as well interact with our listeners and i've been getting Mm -hmm. a lot of great feedback lately and i realized i'm not really telling people often enough how they can find me uh you know in order to connect with our guests and their organizations. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mm-hmm. just be pretty specific today and letting people know, like, please go visit Feed My Starving Children at fmsc.org. Anybody that has any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail. I'm also all over social media, according to my husband, way too much. But you can find me on Facebook. You can um under Amy Bredo. You can find me on Instagram at Amy Bredo, Twitter, LinkedIn, and amybredo.com. There is an Echo Foundation tab on there. But I just wanted to encourage our listeners to really reach out and communicate because when we band together, that's how we're successful. You know, when there's when there's more than one of us banding together for a cause, that's where the success for comes. Sure. So I am super excited about that. In the last few moments, um, I was curious, and and we can touch on this when we get back from the break, but really would like to talk about how you uh, brainstorm what country is going to be next or who are we going to serve next and maybe how you go about setting your goals for the following year. Uh, We just, yeah, we just have a few moments. So I'm going to actually go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear Valencia answer a couple of those questions. We're going to talk about your gala that you have coming up. I can't wait to hear about that. You are listening to Raising the Bar with Valencia Breckenridge and myself, Amy Bredo. And we are talking about feeding the starving children of this world. And we will be back in just a moment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybredo.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. 
Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Tune in to The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Learn about what isn't being said in business that keeps you stuck, under-recognized, and overlooked. Listen in on the exciting, sometimes awkward, and often sensitive subjects that aren't covered during the 9 to 5, but should be. Transform from being stuck to being sought after with Lori's proven concepts. Revolutionize the way you work and up-level your professional presence with the expert in professionalism, Lori Moss. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, can be heard every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You are actually listening on a Thursday, even though it's Good Friday, and I don't usually do that, but it's such a great day, and I'm so happy you're listening to Raising the Bar. I'm Amy Bredo, and today we are speaking again with my lovely friend, Valencia Breckenridge from Feed My Starving Children. It's an amazing organization. If you're just jumping on, I hope you listen to the show in its entirety on its podcast. We are talking about the various countries that Feed My Starving Children serves. We're talking about different ways to get involved. And, you know, Valencia, I am curious, just, you know, you had mentioned quite a few countries that Feed My Starving Children is serving you know, is, mm-hmm. is it something that gets reviewed each year or do you, um, what is the process or maybe deciding where yeah. you're going to go next? Right. That, that is a, a great question. And I'm excited to tell you one of the things that we do is every year in January, we have what's called a partners conference. And so those organizations who uh, receive our food, we ask that they show up or send a representative in Florida. And I wish I could attend one of those meetings. If you can imagine, people from all over the world, all there for a common cause of feeding starving children. I feel like I'm going to invite myself to that. I know, right? (laughs) The excitement that happens there. But really, it's our planning time as well. And we look at how many meals they need based against how many we think that we can supply. And, Amy, the sad news is that we are not able to meet the full need of our existing partners. We, we don't have the uh, 
packing capacity, and frankly, we don't have the funds. And that is a sad and a happy time for us. We're, you know, looking at the cup half full. We're excited that we are able this year, as I said, to produce 280 million meals. But we're usually uh, millions less than what was actually asked for. And one of our partners made a sad, sad comment of asking us to think about all of the villages that they have to pass up. And they see the Feed My Starving Children food in the boxes, in the truck, but it's not for them. Uh, one of our partners told a, a sad story of uh, being at a, a compound where he was feeding kids, and there was a tin gate, and all while the other, you know the inside kids were eating, there were little kids outside just knocking, ting, 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 because they wanted to come in and eat. And so we really... We really appreciate those who rallied behind us this past fiscal year, and we want more and more people to come and join us. Last year, we had a million volunteers, and thank you, everybody out there who has volunteered for us. I want to say two things to you. Come again and bring somebody, because we've got a bigger meal goal this year, and our goal is not just to feed uh, starving children. I love what our CEO says. Our CEO, Mark Crea, has this mantra, until all are fed. That we're going to work until all are fed. And so um, it's going to take all of us. So anyway, our partners, we don't choose them. There's an application on our website, and they apply. And just some basic things that we ask of our partners. One is that you need to be able to receive and distribute a container of food. Again, as I said before, that's the only way our food is shipped. And how many are in the container? A million meals? No, 272,160 meals in a container. That's not right. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So you need to be able to receive and distribute a container of food. We also ask that about 75% of the food goes to uh, children. We don't say 100%. We're not going to go in a village where everybody is starving and say, oh, nope, sorry, parents, we're feeding my starving children. So 75% of uh, the food goes to kids, and then we ask that they not sell it because we raise money here in the United States to uh, pay for the meals, and the meals are given to them for free. So we ask right. that they not sell it. Uh, one of the things I do want to point out with our partners, we do ask that they pay for shipping, and we had we had not always asked that, but we find that that has really helped us to come up to a ninety nine percent delivery rate with our food. You know, when you ask some uh, second and third world nonprofits to come up with shipping costs, then they've got some skin in the game. They go and get right. the meals. They don't set. So 99% delivery rate to places like, you know, here's here's one that I love to say, Burkina Faso. I had never said that word before. Yeah, I've <laughs> not heard that word. Feed <laughs> my starving children, you know, and just um, thinking about all the exotic places that we supply food and just, you know, some of the hindrances they have in in getting the food, but yet they overcome them and allow us to have a 99% delivery rate. And lastly, we ask that our partners, 
report back to us. All of the stories that you hear at our sites are authentic. All the pictures are real, and they're from our actual partners. Okay. I have to say, and I know I'm kind of going back, um, and I'm a little emotional about it. I can imagine mm-hmm. what it is like to be inside those tin gates, hearing that the, the kids on the outside Ooh. trying yeah. to get in. And it just reminds me of a few times that, um, excuse me, that I've been at the orphanages, you know, and you can only pick up so many kids right. at one at one time to give yes. them yes. love. And, the, and my last experience there... Um, in 2014, I, my son and I went to Ethiopia by ourselves to visit. He was mm-hmm. older when we adopted him. He was almost 11. So he has mm-hmm. a lot of memories of his country, and I don't ever want him to forget that, you know. So we went, yeah. and I'm, I'm just the feeling um, as a mom for, or mm-hmm. a parent, for any of our listeners that are parents, to, to be able to be there with your child and to go and see that there's so many more um, mm-hmm. Is really hard. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't anticipate right. getting emotional. Oh, so then, so then, where you my mean, son was was not was not the greatest place, but it wasn't the worst, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and knowing that the kids where we were were being fed a few times a day, uh, you know, nutritionally, I'm not sure sure exactly what they were having, but I know that they were fed. And so knowing that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in a feed a child who's actually emaciated to skin and bone is it it just it really hits home and I would really challenge the people listening to really to really reach out to contact feed my starving children to contact me to to get a a drive going Mm -hmm. to part to partner Mm -hmm. with me you know we have a way to band together to to take care of this cents a meal you know and and two hours of your time you can have a huge impact Amy as we talk about you know traveling Overseas, Feed My Starving Children has partnered with an organization called Praying Pelicans, where we now can take our supporters on trips to see the food in action. And and it's a working trip. It's it's not a vacation. You know, you, you are going to work. It's really like a mini missions trip where we go and support our partners and we distribute the food and we do whatever else they need us to do. You know, we'll go in a group of 10 or 12 people typically and, um, yeah, you, you're you're put to work, and if you go, bring a lot of tissue. Because just yeah. as you heard, Amy's tears, and uh, I was about to join her. You, Sorry, you don't do <laughs> these trips without crying. You, you, yeah, I, you know, get ready to have your heart broken. Well, but then it moves you to action. It, it absolutely really convicts us that there's something that we can do, and it empowers us to go and do it. You know, and amen to that, and. How, so I know that we keep referring people to the Feed My Starving Children website. So I'm assuming, mm-hmm. I know that's you're not supposed to do that, that you go to the website and everything is pretty clear on how they would get involved because it's you say, really you know, you have these trips. And I'm thinking, like, I have high school and college-age kids. Like, we like this kind of stuff. You know, two of my yes. kids are, are going into medicine. And so, yeah, well, we I want to do that. I want to go. June. I want to go. We have a trip coming up in <laughs> June, and that information is on our website. Yep, fmsc.org. How many trips are there a year? Is there just one? Oh, no. No, there's several a year. I, I'm sorry. I'm not sure the number. That's okay. But somewhere, you know, like once a quarter, something like that. Okay. What an amazing thing for families to do together in teams and mm-hmm groups of friends and married couples and it's just it is time um 
where people just do something. And then someone was asking me the other day, like, what is your show about? And I, <laughs> I think I was kind of in a sassy mood. I was in a little sassy mood. And I unfortunately, sometimes to my detriment, have a pretty sarcastic sense of humor. I'm like, it's about getting up and doing something with your life. <laughs> and really, <laughs> it is. And I just try to sometimes have a like nicer way to say it in our, you know, in the title of our show or in our tagline. But But really, that's what I mean. And I'm not saying... Traveling across the world is something everybody can do. I'm not insisting that adopting an older child is is something that everybody sh- can do. But you know what? We are all made to be our brother's keeper. Like you said, we are, we are. all wired are. and created yep. to yep. serve and protect one another. And unfortunately, the state of this world today, without getting into the crazy, because everybody who's listening is all aware of the crazy of this world, like, let's do something. I don't want people to sit on their butts and be resigned to the fact that that's just the way things are because it's not the way that they have to stay. So right. I really right. challenge everybody out there that's listening. Um, I hope you're just as, I don't know if aggravated is the right word, passionate. My heart feels broken right now for this yeah. cause. Yeah. And, and, and feed it, my starving children is something that everybody can do. And when you think about the investment that you make in that country through feeding a child. One of the children that uh, we feed, he was found in the bottom of a latrine oh. as an infant that somebody had just threw away and people were, you know, piling waste on top of him until somebody heard a little cry. This child now talks about being the president of Haiti. Wow. Will, will that happen? I don't know. But my goodness, when we talk about turning hunger to hope, Here's a starving baby and thrown away, you know, like a piece of poo at the bottom of a latrine who now has a dream of being president of his country. Because a 22-cent meal saved his life. Because a 22-cent meal. Absolutely. Right. So. If there's anybody out there that. Go ahead. I want to say quickly, we have uh, two other formulas. I talked about the rice formula, but talking Please. about this little baby found in the latrine makes me think about our two other formulas. And uh, all our formulas are scientifically formulated. We have what we call our um, potato D, which is a meal that has been especially formulated for those with diarrhea, and we've had great success with that with the cholera outbreak, also with the Ebola crises. And our third formula is potato W. And the W is for wean. And we use that for really young infants who aren't able to take in that rice formula. And we find a lot of cases where maybe the mom has AIDS or has passed away or is malnourished herself. It's just a great way to dig deeper down into that uh, age category of children and really feed all children, young and older children as well. Awesome. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we just have a few moments, literally about a minute and a half before we close up. But I wanted to touch base (laughs) about, we have three minutes, but I'm going to have to wrap us up a little sooner before I uh, close up. But I wanted to touch base about the gala because I'm a, yes. this is this is a huge fundraiser for Feed My Starving Children, correct? Correct. It's a Where can our fund- listeners get information about how they can donate if they can we can anybody just attend? 
anybody can attend, and we'd love for you to attend. The date is Saturday, April 23rd, okay. and it's at the Schomburg Renaissance Center. Ooh, it's close to me. <laughs> uh, right near the Woodfield Mall. And mm-hmm. again, go on our website. You can uh, sign up. We're looking for sponsors as well. If you're a corporation, a group, or a church, and you want to sponsor the event, we invite you to go on our website. You'll see sponsor opportunities. You want to come as an individual, please come. You want to come as a family and do a table of 10, please do that. It's Saturday, April 23rd uh, at the Schomburg Renaissance Center. And then in December, really fast, at that same location, Schomburg Renaissance Center, we're going to be packing a million meals. Wow. In just a few days. We're just uh, there December 11th, uh, and we're uh, 11th, 12th, and 13th, I believe, are the dates, but you'll see it confirmed on our website. And we need uh, a great group of volunteers to come and help. If you can imagine trying I to can. pack a million I- meals in just a couple of days. So for anybody that wants information on the Feed My Starving Children Gala that is uh, Saturday, April 23rd, please go to fmsc.org as well as getting information for our huge, huge meal packing event that is December 11th, 12th, and I believe you said 13th of this year. The goal is to pack a million meals. And guys, again, listeners, everybody, grab your families, your teams, your neighbors this avoids any kind of conflict, whether you are a Republican, a Democrat, fat, skinny, it doesn't matter what your religion is, what your color is, it doesn't matter. So gather your groups, please get to fmsc.org. And please, again, please feel free to connect with me on social media. I look forward to um, hearing your comments, your feedback. And Valencia, just thank you so much for being here with me today. I would love to have you back. I think that this should be a recurring thing. And uh, we're going to keep everybody posted on the progress of Feed My Starving Children. We will talk to you again next Thursday. You are listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo, and I wish you all an awesome day. Thanks, Valencia. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.